welcome to the Productivity Podcast. We're joined today by Oliver Banks, who's the owner and director at OB and Co Limited Consulting and also delivers the Retail Transformation Show podcast, which I've been privileged to be on twice, I think, now. So we're, we're turning the tables today. Good morning, Oliver. Hey, Simon. Great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me on. And thank you as well for being an awesome guest on my podcast as well, a couple of times, like you say. No, you're more than welcome. So it'd be good if you could give us some of your background. I know yeah, so I used to be in Tesco and worked around around that business in their supply chain function and then later on in their internal consulting function, which gave me a really great understanding of what I'm sure you know is a vast business. Um, so a really great viewpoint of all of different retail, lots of different categories and so on. But actually, before then, I used to be in a very different world. I used to be a mechanical engineer, so I, I designed photocopiers once upon a time. Someone has to, I always say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that gave me a really good grounding being in engineering because it's all about problem solving and looking at what's going on. How can you understand that problem and find the solution that, that actually fixes the root cause other than just perhaps the symptoms? And it gave me a good grounding. I did my Lean Six Sigma up to black belt level. So it gave me a really valid and useful perspective on retail life as as I moved into that world at Tesco and obviously now I've, I work for myself doing independent consulting yeah it's, it's I, I still love getting into a problem and really understanding it and finding the best way forward cool so you, you're the guy that makes everybody swear when the photocopier jams or gives you a, a strange print yeah I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, the, the world, the world's moving on, and uh, yeah, I can't remember the last time I used a, a photocopier. That's how, how things move. So today we're going to talk about all things transformation. It's a word that's used a lot, certainly in in retail transformation. And the heading for this podcast is going to be when is transformation not transformation? Because I'm not sure it always is. Mm. It's a really interesting word, the word transformation, because it evokes a lot of emotions in, in different people and different people react to the word transformation in many different ways. Some people are quite fearful and, and scared of it. Some people are quite excited and, you know, full of energy from it. Or there's that mix as well. So it's just the word transformation does evoke lots of different emotions. So it's important that when we're talking about transformation, we are pulling up those emotions at the right time rather than needlessly, shall we say. And I think we've, we've kind of got to the stage, transformation is quite a buzzword, if I'm honest. You do see it an awful lot. You read about it. But actually, there's, I think there's two different strands of transformation. There is one that is the fundamental transformation it is really evolving something into a new form, into... A new setting and that's great because that is real transformation and it resets the scene and it gives an opportunity to reinvent a business or a part of a business but then there's the other side as well which i call more incremental transformation or incremental change and that's just the evolu the, the evolution of it something that is moving adjusting increasing improving optimizing shall we say and i think probably that using transformation in that sense is 
a bit of an over-exaggeration, and I think you can end up missetting expectations from your stakeholders, from your shareholders, or across the business, if you are using it for that incremental change. And don't get me wrong, Simon, there is absolutely a time for that type of change. Incremental change is so essential when you have a business that is working and you want to evolve it, you want to improve it, you want to increase performance. You don't want to just completely transform something in that instance. The change of the incremental change is that avoiding stagnation. So not standing still, keeping up with market changes or competitive changes in your in your landscape that evolved to a new form thing I think is really interesting so when I've been in in retail like you and there's been transformation teams my expectation is that there's going to be something radically new it's going to be really different it's going to be really exciting there's going to be all this great stuff that hits us and we're all going to think it's a bit crazy and a bit futuristic and then this incremental change comes it's a few tweaks I really like that point about managing the stakeholders. Everyone's a bit deflated because it's not as big or as bold or as brave as they expected. Absolutely. And and then it just feels really underwhelming. And, you know, when you're you're leading a change or you're working on a change and people have that expectation of transformation, there's this sort of blank face of that's it. That's not gonna that's not gonna fix our problems. That's not going to you know, revolutionize the business. Do you think that's because it's difficult to transform because people are looking for the next golden bullet or the next big idea or invention? And that's a difficult thing to do, right? Completely transforming absolutely is a difficult thing to do. And let's let's not make any light of it. There's there's lots of different challenges involved that even start with actually is there a will? to transform is there a will to change in a big way because if that is missing then you're really in going to be in a tough place even if you've got this magnificent idea to evolve the business and add in all of these sort of sparkly tech gadgets or something like that that can be a really big mistake because if there's not a real will to change and shift then absolutely those are going to fall on deaf ears but if there is a will to shift and there is that willingness to properly transform and then you bring along this we're going to make a a one percent change to this particular process it's a bit like hmm, all right i i was expecting something a bit bigger than that and then you end up with this i suppose this excitement and this underwhelming you know approach that you're going to you're going to lay out and that that's just mis- mismatched and it's just never going to work. So you absolutely must have the right expectations and the right will and the right plan in place. Some good advice there. So so when you're helping businesses, where do you get involved in this whole transformation piece? So for me, I, I tend to work with businesses where they recognise the need to change. Um, so that will is absolutely there. And Frankly, <laughs> as a consultant, if that will is not there, they're not going to bring in external help. Why would you pay money out for something that you don't really want to do? So I, I think that's a really important stage. And actually, that can take quite a long time to build up. Perhaps it's going to be triggered by some hideous results, but it could also be something that builds up over time. Perhaps there is a 
a champion of transformation, shall we say, in an organization that is building a case, building support over time that is helping the wider organization to really understand what is going on in the business. Because when you're in the thick of it, and I know this from having having worked uh, at, at Tesco in particular, when you're in the thick of it, it's you're almost too close sometimes to really see what is going on, to really be able to understand the business from perhaps a consumer's point of view or, or from just a, a, a wider perspective point of view. Having that champion that can evolve things, can help to shine the light on the truth is really important. You know, it's easy to have the wool pulled over your eyes and you need that fresh pair of eyes to help show you, to help tell you some home truths as well. And that can be hard to understand, hard to take in. No, I totally agree. That independent external pair of eyes, like you say, sometimes tells you some things that you don't want to hear. What does that mean in terms of blockers though? So what blockers or things do you see that stop transformation getting the inertia it needs to be transformation you know going back to just what i was saying a couple of minutes ago if that strong will to change is not there that's absolutely a massive uh, blocker because whether that's one part of the organization that doesn't want to change that is a resistance or even one person frankly if they've got the right sway in the business they can derail any big change initiative or any small change initiative as well, I should say. So I think that strong will to change is absolutely the first point where you could fall over. And then there's a couple of other points as well. The second point is around having an achievable approach. And this is actually about having a clear vision. So I've got the, the mandate, shall we say, the strong will to change. But actually, do I have a vision as to where I'm going to take this and how I'm going to build support and build the fundamental changes that go into that, the, the projects, the programs that build up to this transformational change. And is it realistic? Is it achievable? And can I actually deliver that? And then the third part is having the right people to actually do it. This is obviously crucial because you can have the will to change. You can have the approach, the vision, the, the, the detailed roadmap, etc. But if no one can actually make it happen, it's just all a waste of time. So having the right people is absolutely important. And there's lots of different aspects of what I mean by right people, of course. But it's it's certainly those would be the three elements that I see that need to build together, almost like a, a three-legged stool. If any one of those are missing, that stool, that transformation is going to falter and it's going to fall over. So it's having the strong will to change, having an achievable approach and having the right people to do it. That vision and approach, I assume, won't necessarily have all the answers. So it, it might be a bit start with the end in mind of this is where we're going to get to, but those people have to develop those ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to be able to take it as to where are we going? Well, start with start with the challenge, right? Start with the challenge, the problem. Where are we today and where are we going? And then it's a question of building up as I say, a roadmap of different projects, initiatives, you know, shifts, changes that do guide you through. And there's going to be a natural sequencing to get those into the right order that make sure you can get some quick wins, build up the momentum, and then also be working on, frankly, harder, tougher, longer, more expensive changes in the meantime as well. You talked on people. 
my assumption is that would be a group of people that would be from various different departments. So you might have someone from ops, someone from HR, supply chain, if that was affected, maybe someone from the field so that you get a, a view across the business rather than it just be central ops or retail ops, whatever it's called, doing it to the rest of the business. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, we, we talk about silos an awful lot, right? And having, having a, a cross-functional team, as you describe, is absolutely a key element to make sure that your transformation doesn't exist in a silo, that your transformation doesn't just sit there within four walls of a little tiny office, one part of the organization trying to dictate what the rest of the organization should be. Because let's be honest, all of all of businesses nowadays are big and complex. There is no one person across the whole business, including the CEO, that really understands how all of the different cogs and mechanisms work together. I'm thinking back to you know my photocopier days, frankly, where you have all of these different systems and modules that would work together. And if one bit is wrong, then the whole system falters. And that's just like a big retail organization as well. You have the, the different sections, and if they're not working together, if they're not understood together, then it does all crumble apart. And going back to the engineering days, how did we get past that? We used to have functional leaders that would actually manage the integrations between all of the different elements. I was one of those at one point. And you know, the, the role would be to understand how the different elements are all playing together and make sure things are playing nicely. And transformation is very similar to that because you need someone that is able to join all the dots together that can work across the different sections, departments, divisions, whatever you call them, of your company to really get everyone singing from the same hymn sheet to the same beat, etc. And I assume culture must play a big part because if we're trying lots of things, the law of averages says that not all of them are going to work or be successful and if you're in a world of protecting yourself because failure is deemed to be wrong if that makes sense rather than a learning experience that that must significantly hamper the whole transformation process yeah it's another really interesting point culture and almost that is it a fear of failure or is it a willingness to try um there's there's lots of barriers and challenges around that and it's something that the best organizations really do take in their stride. If you look at the likes of Amazon, they try a huge number of initiatives and some of them work and ultimately some of them don't. It's that fail fast, fail forward uh, mentality that you sometimes hear about. If you look at, again, Google, another, another great example, they have their labs program that they are bringing out lots of different apps and tools and different add-ons to their to their core functionality and that's a great mentality to have how do you how can you have a a labs type function and i know some some of the larger retailers do bring that labs type uh, mentality on that really does encourage testing trialing finding things out exploring and it's a great mentality to have actually because if you don't try anything new you're never going to find anything new and someone has got to absolutely be the, the the leader in this. And if your business can go ahead and try new things, then there's an opportunity to to pave the way as well. 
Yeah, and for me, it's all about that learning experience. So what can you take out of something that maybe wasn't as successful as you thought it would be or, or didn't work at all, but then evolve into the things that were and not be hung up on the fact that it didn't work. It's that learning experience. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me a story of they were visiting a new refitted retail store and they happened to be speaking to a chap there and said, you know, have you been involved? And the response was, it depends if it's successful or not, which to me speaks volumes about that culture in that particular retailer. That, yeah, ouch. <laughs> yeah, if it's not successful, nothing to do with me. If it yeah. is successful, I'm all over it. So whatever they've learned, if it's not successful, will be washed away with the witch hunt for, the you know. stench who, of who, failure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure in whatever anybody does at any point there's always some positives you can take for it I get it's difficult at times to see past the disappointment but certainly in those bigger businesses and increasingly probably in more of the smaller ones that ability to be agile to try 10 things if four of them work brilliantly fine what have you learned from the six that didn't move on rather than spend the time and energy looking for the person or group of people that, that didn't make it work nobody sets out to fail is, is the bit that I think sometimes we, we forget. Nobody sets a project up to fail, a program up to fail. It just happens because not everything can be successful and there's environmental factors that get in the way that none of us could predict. I absolutely agree with you, particularly on that last point. You know, I, I'm a strong believer in the fact that everyone is out to try and do a good job. Everyone is out to try and move the business forward, even if they're perhaps behaving in... A, a not great way, uh, which you absolutely see when you uh, are, are working on transformations, working in and around or leading transformation. Even if that behavior isn't quite right, even if the actions seem really unusual, it is because they are trying to do the best thing for the company. I absolutely believe everyone goes into into work for the right reasons. And, you know, we, we must realize that and think about actually why is it that there is so much resistance or why is it that this particular angle is so aggravating for for an individual or for an area yeah yeah it's it's easy to forget i think at times that nobody sets out with failure in mind mm. and just, just just going back a couple of minutes simon as well just thinking about the lessons as well i think it's really important to be able to break down an individual initiative, particularly if you've just trialed a few areas, be able to break it down into different sections, not just say the whole thing was a failure. Let's just wipe it from the books because there could be some real elements of success or even frankly, the other way around. If it was a big success, there could be some elements of failure as well that you can learn from and you can adjust for the future. So make sure that you do break down all of those trials and really think about, you know, actually, how was the communications? How was the training? How was the deployment? How was the plan? How was the the engagement throughout? All of these different elements can really help to evolve your the approach that you take to transformation. Yeah, I'm I'm always interested in the learnings that then drive unexpected outcomes. So it may be that they've used a certain piece of technology or were planning to, but then another function in that organization sees it and can see a, a different use for it. But all the groundwork of, you know, contracts and IT have been done and it speeds up their process. So there's sometimes that secondary benefit from maybe something that didn't work in its initial 
conception. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly if you're going back a few minutes to when we were talking about the, the labs concept that some of these big companies are using, that's absolutely something that goes on. Actually, we thought about, you know, having solution A to solve problem A, but didn't work out. But actually, you can use this particular segment to, to do something completely different. And, and that can be where real innovation comes through as well, of course. I hope increasingly over the next years that retailers work closer together on stuff like that. So incubators, labs, whatever incarnation it takes. And I, I know it's difficult if you're in the same competitive landscape. Most retail organizations have shops, stores, most hopefully serve lots of customers well. So they've got, whether you're selling fashion or tins of beans, there's a common thread of people come in, they buy stuff, they pay for stuff, the stuff needs to be on the shelf. So I wonder if there'll be more collaborations which drive things or make step changes, transformations even quicker as the retail market remains tough. Absolutely. It's going to absolutely be an interesting space to watch for sure. What would be your top kind of transformation tips? I know you've touched on a three-step approach earlier in the conversation. Is there anything else you'd, you'd want to add to that or just reinforce? So how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, transformation is a really broad topic, let's be honest. Um, and the, the reason I, I like what, what I call my transformation trifecta, those three elements, the strong will to change, the achievable approach and the right people to do it, is because actually each one of those has lots of different areas that you can evolve, you can make sure are working, whether it's making sure that your governance is working or whether it's making sure that there is the right team culture that does you know, work on exciting initiatives that maybe might fail. <gasps> dun, dun, dun or whether it's actually great program management, there's lots of different elements that do fold up into a wider transformation. I think for me, there are a couple of additional elements that I really encourage your listeners to think about. One is how can you continue to stay curious? How can you continue to learn and continue to evolve? That was actually a question. One of my old bosses quite early on in Tesco asked me, how can we make the team more curious? And it's always been something that stayed with me to really think about, actually, how can you inspire curiosity? It's a really interesting topic. Um, so maybe we can get into that another time, perhaps. The second thing is I, I always think it's really important to have a logical plan through to your goal. What is one of my core values to have this sort of logical structure in place on things that I work through, but also be able to add in some left field thinking as well that allows you to add that spark of excitement, that slightly different angle that can help make things really work. So those would be the, the additional couple of things that I would I would add in for your, for your listeners to, to take up and help get better at doing transformation. Brilliant, great advice. So if people want to find you, you're on LinkedIn, you've got the website. I don't know if you wanna give everybody the address quickly. Sure. So the website is obandco.uk. And actually, Simon, if it would be okay, I can make my transformation trifecta available to download for everyone. If, if yep. people would like be to good. go, uh, let's go for obandco.uk slash rethink productivity. So if you go yep. to that address, then you can download the transformation trifecta and understand those three different elements in a little bit more detail. 
perfect and i'd encourage people to sign up for the retail transformation show podcast as well because you've got plenty of amazing guests that have been on there over time to listen to and, and some brilliant ones coming up absolutely gonna leave you... check out episode 79 and episode 12 as well there's some great <laughs> guests on those is there i wonder who started in them um, so we're asking everybody who comes on one question and the, the question is what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given Oh, the best bit of business advice that I'd ever been given. How do you inspire curiosity has been something that's really stayed with me for well over over 10 years now, to be honest. And it's it's always encouraging me to think about how you can get people to think differently, how you can get people to accept things that perhaps they wouldn't have normally accepted, which is frankly all about transformation. So Best bit of business advice, how do you inspire curiosity? Really appreciate your time coming on. It's been great to catch up again. Look after yourself. It's we'll been a soon. lot of fun. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on, Simon. It's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you.